Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch ahead of this bank holiday week and the weather's gorgeous out there at the moment. I think it's not too bad over the next few days as well. Thank you for joining us again on the show. Louise, do you remember learning how to drive? <laughs> Vividly, and I'd say everybody else does that I met. <laughs> oh no. Was it really like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say I probably took about 200 lessons. Did you take a lot? Mm. A lot of lessons. A lot of lessons. Now, tell me this. You know the way in families, uh, generally, somebody in the family takes you out first and, you know, starts you off with the mm. driving. Did that happen with you? No. No one would take you out? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not even the tide, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I tell you, I was the first one ever to drive in our family. Were you? Yeah, my mother right. and father would never had never had a car, didn't mm. drive. And it was my yearning to learn to drive as soon as I I could and as soon as I got my first job uh, my immediate aim was to get a car learn to drive and get on the road it was such a burning desire because we were dependent on others you know what I mean all through your life walked everywhere or else you got lifts you had to get lifts if you were going anywhere Mm, and I wanted that independence more than anything I have to say and uh uh, funny, I took lessons as well first because we really hadn't got family members who could teach. And I want to mention her name. She's long gone, but I'm sure she's fondly remembered. The late, great Mary McCormack uh, taught me how to drive. And she's simply wonderful. A mm. neighbour of ours in the Northwood. What a character she was. Who did you take lessons with? The late Paddy Pryor. Ah, Paddy. Yeah. He was the only one that would take me on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch. No, I think he told everybody after that. You know, I thought, Louise, if I can teach Louise, I can teach absolutely anybody. Did you take many? You said you took a lot of lessons. How long did did you wait till you took your test? Roughly, how long were you, you know, learning to drive before you took your test? Oh, um, I can't remember. Less than a year? Say less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say I was about six months or so at it before I did, you know, and took a good few lessons with Mary and then took the test in Dundalk and I passed first time. And what about you? First time. Hey, first time passed. Well done. Well done. There you are. You're not, you're being a bit hard on yourself. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) I passed, but I think the poor instructor just passed me because he never wanted to see me again. Go out of that. <laughs> you have your actual. We'll come back to it in a moment mm-hmm. because we have somebody waiting on the line to talk to, and we're going to come back to it. Louise has her actually her document that you were given when you passed the test, haven't yeah. you? You have that woman keeps everything. God Almighty, so mine is long gone. I and mean, we're going to come back to this. What about you out there listening to us today? First time pass, second time, third time, or beyond? Do you remember learning to drive? 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show directly. That's 086-1800-658. 
0818 I'm delighted to say I'm joined uh, by somebody who's been a guest of mine in studio in the past. He is years teaching, so experienced from ASM School of Motoring, Fred Riley. Welcome back to the show. Good afternoon, Jerry, and good afternoon to your listeners. Thank you for joining me again today. Can I ask you that question to begin today, just to bring us up to uh, 2022? It's a long time since we said, well, especially me, uh, took the test and learned to drive. Um, do, is it still a thing that family members start off the driving with people? Not as much, Jerry, as it used to be. Right. Nowadays, the major stumbling block, and indeed it was in your day and my day as well, is insurance. Right. And to get the young person insured on the car where the mother or father or aunt or uncle or whatever can take them out on the road is a huge problem with cost today. Mm. And then, as you're aware, the Essential Driver Training Programme has been introduced back in 2011. So now it's mandatory for all young or old people starting to drive. They must go through the Essential Driver Training Programme over 12 one-hour modules. So I suppose that may have replaced... Mm. Um, a lot of the mums and dads taking you out, uh, out like we all went through years ago. And isn't that good, Fred, because bad habits are passed on. You know what I'm talking about? Whereas you've, when you're taught by the professional, it's a different story. Well, I spent a lifetime trying to get, uh, uh, repair bad habits. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the typical coasting, you know, the foot on the clutch. <laughs> Everyone has gone, gone through it. And every, every driving instructor out there will tell you the same, the same story. And, and yes, and uh, at least now there is a formal training um, called the, the, the EDT. And it, it has helped enormously that the young person, they learn the right way. Yeah. Now, there's a major role still for the what we would call a sponsor today. In other words, your mum or dad or aunt or uncle that will bring you out and practice. That's the key issue today is the practice and preparing for your test. Mm. I suppose it's lack of preparation. What to say, Jerry? you know, uh, fail to prepare, prepare yes. to fail. And it is so true. What would you say from your experience is, you know, in an average time period, having taken the re- required modules and practiced as well, how long would you advise before uh, taking the test? Now, Jerry, a recognised amount of driving hours before a person should take on a test. Now, if all your listeners sit down and don't think this is a number of lessons, about 120 hours. Okay. But the 12 essential driver training lessons you would like to do in between that, the rest are practice. Mm. You know, it's normally the key issues that will let a person down sitting their test first time round will be lack of experience. Yes. You know, reaction to hazards is a classic, anticipating how to read the road ahead of you, how to adjust the speed for the conditions of the road they're driving on. And that's really, it's, it's just the minimum period now, of course, you have to hold your learner permit, which used to be called a provisional license, for a minimum period of six months before you can sit a driving test. Okay. So that's the minimum period. Yes, yes. But the but maximum period is four years. Mm. You're allowed two two-year learner permits, but people really I, I misunderstand that question and they tend to think the minute they have their essential driver training complete, they must go and do the test. Mm. And they're just not ready for it. They might have only completed the 12 hours. Yes. The 12 EDTs and maybe very little practice 
due to possible um, uh, problems with insurance or the cost of insurance. And then they're left with no alternative but to come back and maybe take additional lessons with a driving school to prepare for their test. When uh, you are up and running and you're taking these modules and clocking up the hours as well, when should you apply? There's a waiting time now and and you shouldn't like go through all that and then apply. What's your recommendation there? Well, now, the waiting times, this can be a problem out there at the moment. For some reason, the public think that, you know, there's about a 12 months waiting list for a test. And... Just before I came on your show, I, I spoke with a colleague that I'm familiar with in the RSA. And just to let your listeners know, in the local area here at the moment, Navan is approximately eight weeks. Hmm. Dundalk is approximately eight weeks. And Drogheda is, believe it or not, is a little bit longer, roughly about 10 weeks. Okay. That's the problem. So I found recently you had people... Um, before they had even learned to drive, there were only five or six of the EDT lessons done that were applying for a test. Mm. Now, to complete the final 12th lesson, the driving instructor uploads that information as he does or she does after each uh, lesson is complete. And now the system uh, sees the application in, the 12 lessons complete, and it schedules a driving test. And unfortunately, the young person is not ready for it. Yeah. So, you know, um, that, that's roughly the waiting list at, 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 the, at the times, I should say, at the moment. So, you know, just people beware. Yes. That it's shorter and, and even possibly could come in under the age. It mm. might even come in somewhere around six weeks for you. That's great advice and great to know, know those waiting times. Thank you for that. Yes. Now, in your experience and all the people you've taught, let's take, say, 10 people you've had uh, through the programme and etc, etc. On average, out of 10, how many will pass first time? Well, give you a rough idea, the national figure. It's approximately people who, who sit at first time, right? Mm. Um, now, these are not just my figures, right? but naturally about 52-53% of people will, will pass at first time. That's nationally across the board. There or thereabouts. Yes. So you know, that's half of people who sit it, then you're saying roughly half get yeah, it the first time. the first time. time. Now, yeah. I don't have any stats of what, what would be people taken for the second or third or fourth mm. or whatever. But first time, roughly around 52, 53%. Yeah, it has increased uh, as a result of the EDT programme. Certainly, yeah. the pass rate has increased. It mm. is working. That is decent. Now, when when you sit into a car, people are built differently and nerves, you know, is a f- I don't have to remind you, is a factor when you're going out onto busy roadways and everything like that. And on the other hand, do you ever see people who are nerveless? Yes. Like, you know, there's something wrong with you if you haven't got a little bit of nerves. Yeah. Everyone mm. will be nervous. They'll be starting off their first, their first test or indeed have completed their EDT programme and now is driving for five or six months and is preparing for the test and can be quite experienced and still will have a little bit on the nervous side. Mm. You will get the direct opposite, as you asked me there, Jerry, about someone 
could we say, would describe them as a little bit cocky. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm driving now for 10 years and I never had an accident. You know, it's normally the, 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 the uh, phrase you hear. And sometimes they can be the problem because they feel, you know, I'm a long time driving, I have a lot of experience, but they also have a lot of bad habits. Mm. And they're the habits that have to, to, to try and be cleared up before you prepare for your driving test. Mm. That's the beauty about learning to drive now through the syllabus at the Essential Driver Training Programme. At least if you get the pupil at the very start, they're taught the right way. And you only get one chance to make a first impression. Yes. And, you know, if, you, if you're brought out by, by someone who hasn't got that experience and you're taught early on and you develop a, a, um, a bad habit and you practice the bad habit, you get really good at it. <laughs> so so uh, it, it, it has a, re- a reverse effect. So the, 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 yes, normally I, I, I would think, you know, the person who has a little bit of, of nerves, you know, it's not a bad thing. The testers are very understanding of mm. that and they were very aware of people and they will always try to calm down the pupil before the test and speak to them and will regularly m- mention that that, that, that them to relax and drive the car the normal way. Yeah. Question from Melissa, it's an interesting one. Uh, will you ask Fred, please, Jerry? can you uh, take a, uh, an automatic car to a driving test? Yes. You can? Okay, yes, good, you can. there you are. And um, if you sit your category B, that's a car, and you sit in an automatic, well, then you qualify to drive automatic only mm. and not manual. Okay. Automatic only. However, if you were to sit manual, well, then you can drive manual or automatic. So you're better doing it in a manual car, yes. to be honest. You are. There's, there's one other little bit to go on that just it, it came in recently. We'll go... Uh, step above from the cars. If you are the holder of um, a Category B manual full licence and you would like now to pursue a career as a truck driver or a coach driver, you now can take out your learner permit for that category. And we'll say it's Category C for a rigid truck, as an example. And you can sit the test in an automatic truck. And if you pass that test... Because you were a holder of a Category B car license in a manual, you now will be granted a license to drive manual or automatic trucks. Interesting. Mm, interesting. That, that was the EU directive that changed last that year. That changed. Louise, yes. I want to ask Louise a question uh, while you're with me, Fred. For, and, and I'll answer this honestly as well. Louise, do you think if you sat the test today, you'd pass? Um, no. And I have to say, Fred, so. that... I'd wonder about myself as well. And it brings us to the whole issue of, you know, doing this once at a point in your lifetime and that's it for good. Have you any thoughts on that, Fred? Yeah, I I suppose it is a question, Jerry, that's asked a lot. You know, should there be a refresher? Should um, you have to repeat your test? And at this point in time, the answer is no. Mm. It's not going to happen. And it's mm. not going to happen in the, in, in the foreseeable future mm. where, you know, people are going to be brought back in. Yes. Um, you know, there's the demand out there at the moment for, for a, um, tests is, is extremely high. Yeah. And I, the, no, I, I don't think it, it, it would happen. Um, possibly there's a case for it 
um, with professional drivers. Mm. Like, you know, take the truck drivers. Every year they do a refresher. It's called a, a Certificate of Professional Competency, CPC. It's, um, you know, a one-day course. It's not a driving course, but again, a lot of topics are discussed in that. Um, ourselves, as approved driving instructors, every two years we set a test. I see. Yeah, you know, yeah. to renew our new. Yeah, renew our and that's license. good. That's really good, to, he- good. to hear yeah, that. The public can be rest assured out there. Grant. You know <laughs> that uh, we're well monitored by the road safety authority. Drive on, Louise. Motor on, Louise. We're all right. <laughs> we're all right, Louise. We're not going to come looking. Could have a heart attack. And take out the bike. If you ever want to do a refresher course no. now, Jerry, or anything like that, <laughs> we, we'd like to take you out. Oh, geez, you have to give me an idea there, Fred. There, Louise doesn't do much things like that. I'm going to have a chat with her after the show about this one. <laughs> Insurance wouldn't cover it. <laughs> uh, Fred, just before you go, uh, you, you know, it's great to hear, you know, the over 50% and some people have to sit it a second time and perhaps beyond. Are the people that you've come across that just driving isn't for them, no matter how many lessons or what they've done, have you ever come across anybody like that? Very, very rare, Jerry. Mm. I cannot turn around and say to you, yes, I've never met anyone. I have. Probably um, about 32 years now, that's about two people I could remember that just couldn't take to it. Yes. No matter how many times they had to go and no matter how many times it would be explained to, just couldn't take, take to it. But they're very, very rare. It's yeah. extremely rare. There you are. No matter what age, it's never too late. And Fred Riley at ASM School of Motoring, with all this experience, would be only too happy to talk to you. Listen, you've been great. It's lovely to catch up with you again today. So informative and many, many more years of happy motoring and teaching people to motor well. Thanks, Fred. Thank you, Jerry. And again, like fond memories with the dear Mary and Paddy. May the rest in peace. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Fred. Thanks, and thanks for remembering them today. Take care of yourself. Bye bye now. Bye bye. That's Fred Riley there from ASM School of Motoring in County Meath. Jerry, I was 18, studied a great book called Learning to Drive, took a few lessons, passed second time round after guzzling a glass of harp for the nerves, says Lily this afternoon. It's a long time ago, she says. I have more comments about your driving and driving tests. I'll be back to them, I promise you. But it's time for your. TV theme competition. I have a nice prize to give to one of you today. 086-1800-658. Have a listen. Want to know the name of the TV show? I'm smiling listening to it because it brings back such fond memories. What show is that the theme of? It's a TV theme of a famous, famous show. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text, please. Louise, today on a serious note is Go Purple Day and it's a very important day. It is a very important day. Safe Ireland is partnering with on Garda Síochána um, just to create awareness of domestic abuse. Uh, men and women and children all across the country. And um, the event actually started in Meath by, you remember, Stacey Luby. Yes. Who was a garden in Meath. And it's been rolled out nationally. Fantastic. So it's just to create awareness of all those suffering. Yes, the co- men and now. women across the country mm. as well. And it's important, very important to keep it in mind. And if you're affected by it, 
contact us. Lots of organisations can be contacted. And if you're concerned about anybody, please do report it. Don't stay quiet. Speak up. That's the important thing. Coming up after two and late lunch, we have your book club with Irene Gahan from Academy Bookstore. But taking us towards news and weather at two o'clock, it's Suzanne Vega with Luca. Listen to the words. Listen to the lyrics. It's all about abuse. It is indeed. Here she is. My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. I live upstairs from you. Now it's time for a book club this April on Late Lunch and I'm delighted to welcome back a woman who just adores our books, Irene Gahan from Academy Bookstore. Hello again, Irene. Happy Friday, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a happy Friday when it's book club and we're talking about books. Thank you very much indeed and have a good weekend yourself, Irene and everybody. Well, I have to say for your book of the month, you've picked an absolute cracker. Tell them your choice this month. So my book of the month is, um, and it's our book club book of the month as well, it's called Unbroken um, and it's by Tom McGrath. And it is a non-fiction book. It's a kind of a memoir, um, but it's, oh my God, it's fascinating. It's so interesting. And it was my mom, actually, that put me onto the book. And she's like, you, this, this sounds great. This sounds amazing. Um, so, you know, I, obviously we do our book club um, in, in, in Academy Books. So I was trying to come up with a book that would be slightly different, but would appeal to the audience for the kind of people who are in our book club. Um, so it's amazing. It's it's so weird to describe it in the sense that you never really know, I suppose, what your parents' previous life, your lives were like, obviously, before children arrive or mm. you arrive. And this, gent, this, this writer, Tom, um, he, he didn't know anything about his, his parents' lives, particularly his father's life. So he set out to find out about his father's lives. And it's secret life for all intents and purposes. Um, so he, he grew up basically in the UK. And he's based, he's based in the southeast of Ireland now. But he grew up in the UK. But he slowly, like an onion, found out that his father um, joined the British Army, um, ended up fighting in World War Two, ended up in a prisoner of war camp in Poland, escaped, um, made his way back, and turns out all sorts of things that go along the way. But he never knew. Mm. He never knew any of this. So he kind of set off to research, you know, everything that was going on um, and had happened. And he, his son had, you know, he brought his young son as well to to some of the places to retrace his father's steps. So it's beautifully written. It's really interesting. Um, and it's one of those... It's very rare you find a nonfiction you don't that you that you you know that you don't dip in and out of. Yes. But this was this was absolutely excellent. I have to recommend it. Unputdownable. <laughs> There's no such word in the language. <laughs> you won't hear it on countdown ever. But unputdownable really does describe this. It's remarkable indeed that you know he knew none of this at all, and only when he started to uh, dig himself and and he discovered it's a, it's an unbelievable story really uh, of his father's, and not alone that I. Subsequent to this, he he found out that he had uh, a half sibling, was it, and and other relations that he never knew about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's what I think is kind of. Do you know what? I think it's very indicative, though, of that generation of his father's generation. Um, it is, it, you know, around that whole time where you never really, you know, you never really know about their lives. I mean, you can kind of tease little bits out. You kind of get a little bit of their lives out, but you never really know 
everything. And and even now, I mean, I loved talking to my grandmother, picking her brains, God love the poor woman, um, to find out about my mom when she was young or to find out my grandmother when she was young. But you only get little parts of the whole thing. You never you never kind of get a full picture. I mean, no one's an open book, as they say. You know what I mean? There's, there's always going to be things in there that you don't find. But he found, I mean, he had relatives he didn't even know about. And, and I just thought, and he, that was so interesting then to kind of pull. And obviously there was a mother and baby story, a part of it as yeah. well, um, in the UK, in Bessinger in the UK. So all these little things are starting to ravel. And it must be quite um, extraordinary to, to find all these things out. And my, I, quite disconcerting I say for him as he pulled the research so I think it was very um, I know they do you know the program Who Do You Think You Are mm. where you learn about everything but it's slightly remote whereas his was so personal and so interesting um, oh absolutely so recommend it there you go <laughs> book of the month our on Late Lunch Book Club as selected by Irene Gahan Unspoken A Father's Wartime Escape A Son's Family Discovered by Tom McGrath well worth getting you won't put it down. You will love it. I promise. Let's move on because you've picked two more for us as well. Well, Joe Spain, aren't you talking about thriller royalty here? What's your second book? <laughs> so my second book is, I'm very lucky. I was actually given an advanced copy of The Last to Disappear um, by Joe Spain. And you know me, I love my crime. I really love my crime. So I love a book that gets straight into it, you know, rather than kind of builds it up and builds it up. I love when it just goes straight into it. That's it. And this is that. This is this. This is this book. Um, it's not part of her Tom Reynolds series. So she does a series of books. So this is a standalone book that mm. she wrote. And it's based, um, it's based, part of it's based in Norway and part of it's based in the UK. Um, but the Norway part is fabulous. I mean, I love, I, I mean, I, I just love anything Norway, Iceland, anything up there, absolutely love. And it's that dark kind of um, Scandinavian noir um, flavour to it and feel to it. But, I mean, she jumps straight in, (laughs) takes no prisoners, this is what happens. And then it starts to unpeel, um, and, and, you know, and it's very character-driven, and it starts to unpeel and unravel. And, you know, it's one of those lovely books where it's, it's, I've been reading it, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. Another one I couldn't put down. It's terrible. I'll get no work done. I'll be just literally <laughs> reading books. And God, it, all I'm saying is, thank goodness it's the bank holiday weekend. That's what I'm saying. Um, I think, when, when just a comment on it myself, uh, I'll never think of Lapland. And when you read this in the same vein again, thinking about Santa and Christmas and all that, this is intriguing, isn't it? It's kind of like the darker side yeah. to it. And, mm. and I mean, let's face it, there's always everywhere, you know, you see everything on the surface and it looks... And, and this, I love the juxtaposition of like the snow and the snow is so white and she describes everything so, you know, it's so perfect, so clean, but there's such an underbelly of other things going along, uh, going on. And basically, um, so basically the main character, uh, the, the Alex, the brother, um, so somebody dies, obviously it's a crime book, yeah. <laughs> um, but her brother has to go uh, to Norway to obviously to claim her body uh, and, and to basically investigate with this um, single mom who is a police officer and, and basically investigate. But as they go along, um, they discover that actually there's three uh, missing women. Yeah. 
Aha. <laughs> That's not the one. twist. <laughs> that is the big twist. And Vicky is the girl whose body is being recovered by, as you said, Alex Evans, her brother. And Agatha is this detective who's working yeah. on the case. And they, they team up, the pair of them. So they, t- yes. And Alex is one of them as a lobbyist. I, I get the impression, you know, you kind of get the impression he, he knows to talk, he knows how to get things out of people, he knows how to get things done. Um, and it certainly comes across. So they team up together basically to start solving the mothers, to solving the murder. And, and it's like an onion. Um, you know, you, you peel off a layer and you think, you think you know who did it and you think you know the direction it's going. Mm. And then you get to the next step. And, and I don't want to reveal anything, but you get no. to the next layer and you go, Oh, it wasn't who I thought it was. And the next layer, and the next onion layer comes off. And I'm sitting there going, I'm not putting this down. I want to know what's happening. Um, so I, lo- I have to say, I really, really, really right. liked it. And, and the character, Vicky, the, the girl who passed away, um, the, like, it, she had been dead for, so, for quite a while and nobody had known. And I thought that was quite interesting that yes. she was 26, she'd gone off and done her thing and she was doing her own thing and nobody really know, knew what was, had gone mm. on. So again, you're, the brothers then kind of finding out of, about her life and about what's happened to her and yes. how her life had gone off in a different direction. So it's, um, oh, yes. <laughs> I would, it's out on the 15th of May Lovely. and I would seriously recommend it. There you go. It's coming out in a couple of weeks' time, two to three weeks' time. The last to disappear by Joe Spain. As Irene says there, it is a standalone if you're a follower of hers. I can say red herrings everywhere. Loads of unlikable characters. Suspense, it's all Absolutely. in that book. The last to disappear. And your final selection this April on uh, Late Lunch. Sophie White, we're bringing it all back home here to Ireland. Can I say before you give the name of the book, you know, I just I got the impression this is going to follow the usual uh, women's fiction, three women, an unlikely friendship. But Sophie White walks the oracle, doesn't she? Yeah, um, I I actually really like this. Um, I, I'm kind of, it wouldn't be the kind of book I would normally read. And, mm. and that's why I kind of chose it. And I think it was the same as The Echo Chamber with John Boyne last year. Um, it, it's you know all the characters are equally <laughs> were equally horrible, <laughs> but I loved it. <laughs> um, but I loved it, you know. Um, I suppose this is more. Uh, this is three characters, um, and they she she's very good at building up the characters and building up the story, so you can picture them in your head. Mm. So we have Lindy, um, who's married um, to Adam, Evie, who's married to Tom, and Rose, who's married to Eddie, and they all have their own. Obviously, they have their own backstories, you know, and it's. It, it's not set in the pandemic per se. The pandemic is mentioned, but their lives have all changed dramatically because of all this. Mm. Um, and basically, it's all based around Monterey. So Monterey is this fabulous, um, exclusive enclave um, on, you know, outside of Dublin where the houses are all manicured, very Stepford Wives kind of thing. Um, and the three couples obviously end up you know, are going to move here. They've bought houses here. But you get the backstory for each of their lives. And, and they're also, the, the, the women are probably also f- as farther removed from this yes. um, as possible. So one's from Contra, one's walked in. Like, they're far removed from this fabulous thing and they're all kind of not quite sure. And, and again, you, you, it's kind of a layered thing. You all find out that they all have secrets. 
um, and and their lives are, and their marriages are all slightly dysfunctional. Well, more than slightly dysfunctional. They're yeah. <laughs> let's face it; they're all more. <laughs> they're all, you know what? Up. <laughs> I can't use the word today, but but you know the thing about it is, and we didn't mention the name. The snag list is the name of the book. The snag list by Sophie White. The thing is, you're so on on the money there because the thirty something and life gets in the way. Child, children, addiction, there's infidelity. It's all in there, isn't it? Oh, I think she just packed a whole cornucopia yeah. of stuff into <laughs> yes, this book. She did. She did. Um, but it's and what I liked about it when I was reading it, I'm not. I, I'm what I liked about it when I was reading it, um, and I've noticed this in a lot of books lately, and I don't know where the, when it happened. It's I won't say it's written, written in the vernacular, but it's it's written with bad language in it. Now, not a huge amount. Don't get me wrong. Not a huge amount. Mm. But I actually love that it's written the way people speak. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, and and that's, I really like that. I mean, there was one line in it, which I shall not repeat on radio, but I literally started my coffee going, oh my God, I'd love to have a, I'd love to go for a drink with Sophie White because she, it just comes across. She is really down to earth and she, not saying that she, and she dreamed up this brilliant scenario but I'd say I'd say she probably knows people like this (laughs) well we all know people like this but you never really know but I love the premise of the snag list so the whole idea of the snag list was everybody has regrets and everybody has secrets yes Um, so she set up this basically she decided and they all have their own backgrounds as well and their own characters and their own kind of strengths but she decides to basically set up this kind of I'll fix all your regrets we'll discuss what are your regrets what did you do wrong what was the road you know what was the road not taken um, and what you want to go back and fix or what you want to go Mm. back and address in your life and you can imagine the ensuing mayhem yes, and chaos yes, and, and catastrophe. It's, it's all in there and there's even a WhatsApp group thrown in for good measure. The snag list by Sophie White is the third selection uh, with Irene Gahan today on our book club. You're fantastic. You've sold them to me and I'm sure to everybody listening today. Thank you so much for reviewing for us. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. Take care of yourself, Irene. Bye-bye. Bye. That's Irene Gahan there from Academy Books on the south side of Drada. We were talking driving and driving tests, top of the show. Ah, Magella, how are you? Magella is teaching her son how to drive, and I think Magella is more nervous than the lad himself. Thanks for getting in touch. There's another one. My daughter was so nervous taking our test that she drove straight through a red light. She said to the... (laughs) to the examiner I suppose that's a fail which it was of course that came in from Helen in this afternoon talk about stating the obvious brilliant Helen lovely to hear from you Anne's been in touch Jerry. I only started Selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Driving in my 50s and I passed the test. Good on you, Anne. Absolutely fantastic uh, that you did. Listen to this one. Um, uh, For my driving test, there were no available pre-test lessons at the time. My test was scheduled on a Thursday. The NCT for the car was the same week on the Monday beforehand. The car failed the NCT. I had to borrow a friend's car, which I got the night before. And I passed, Jerry. Thank God. It was a worrying week, but it all worked out well. Well done to you. Good old yarn, that one there. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. It's time for your comedy on Friday. And today, I play a classic from a man who left us all too soon last year. The wonderful Sean Locke. I said it at the time. I felt I'd lost a friend. What a comedian. Here he is in full flight. Beginning with the life of a moth. I worked out my relationship with alcohol is very similar to the relationship that a moth has with a light bulb. <laughs> you never know, see a moth having a session on the light bulb. <laughs> They're just going, bang, 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 this is brilliant. <laughs> Who switched this on? <laughs> I bloody love you. If you, if you could interview a moth after a night on the light bulb, it'd be very similar to me with a hangover. There's a moth, what happened there then? The moth goes, I know, I know, I've done it again, haven't I? <laughs> How do you feel now? I feel bloody awful. <laughs> Covered in burns. <laughs> They're bloody hot, those light bulbs. Everyone saw me. Because oh. <laughs> I was the worst, wasn't I? I was the worst. <laughs> I'm not advocating alcoholism, by the way. I'm just sticking up for a group in society that gets, that gets really badly treated, gets really bad press, is abused and maligned continually. And that's binge drinkers. Nobody, nobody ever says anything nice about binge drinkers, do they? They just said binge drinkers, look what they've done. Look at the binge drinkers. Look, look what they've done to the town centre. We didn't ruin the town centre. Tesco's and the internet did that. We're just finishing the job. It's like farting in a cheese shop. It's not the main problem. 
kicking a dead bird. <laughs> what are you doing? It's dead. Chill out. No, and it's terrible the discrimination you suffer as a binge drinker. You know? I know, I've been for job interviews, and I know the only reason I didn't get that job is because I was hammered. <laughs> they couldn't see beyond that. They couldn't see the person behind the, the man have, trying to get a sing-song going, you know? <laughs> I get knocked down, but I get up Where do you see yourself in five years' time, Mr. Locke? Pub! Ha! <laughs> And the press are very complicit in this, they know the press, they, they really like to make binge drinkers feel bad. I remember there was a picture once of the son of this girl in Newcastle, she was on a night out in Newcastle. And uh, for a laugh, she pulled her, she kept her clothes on, but for a laugh, she pulled her knickers down to her ankles. And she was standing in the centre of Newcastle, just going, wah, big smile on her face, like that, wah. And the headline above her was something like, oh god, oh dear, oh dear. And I remember looking at the picture thinking, what is wrong with that? She's obviously having a brilliant time. Be in a fantastic mood to be in the heart of the town where you live, where you go shopping, you go to work, you meet friends, to be at the very epicenter of where all your friends go the whole life is to go, ha, yeah, ha, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great moment in your life. I put that on my CV. There we go, happiest I've ever been. That's also the answer to hobbies and interests. <laughs> I've never met anybody who's depressed who's done that. I've never chatted to anybody who's depressed. How are you feeling? I feel terrible. Every decision I make is a disaster. I just can't see a way of muddling through this miserable period in my life. The other day, I, I went down to the canal. I was, <laughs> I was just staring at the dark black water, trying to find a good reason to carry on with this miserable <laughs> existence we laughingly call life. <laughs> you don't get punchlines like that every day, do you? You certainly don't, and we won't forevermore with the loss of the wonderful Sean Locke Cats Do Countdown. It's just not the same with Aaron. They're looking for a replacement, but uh, he was just brilliant foil for John Richardson. But uh, we remember him today and his wonderful wit and comedy. Unbelievable. The late, great Sean Locke bringing you your comedy on Friday on your late lunch. Coming up after 2.30, we uh, chat to a man who's lucky to be alive and saved out at sea when he was kayaking recently, but taking us towards our next, next break on the show this Friday afternoon. I just love this one. Yeah, brings me back every time to the city that never sleeps. Hope I get back someday. Miss Alicia Keys. And of course, tribute to the Big Apple. Empire, state of mind. Grew up in a town that is famous as a place of movie scenes. Noise is always loud, there are sirens all around in the streets of me. Hi, Jerry, says Kathleen. I also took lessons with Mary McCormick. She was gas. In the middle of a lesson, she might get you to park outside the credit union so she could go in and look after our business there. She could do anything. She really could, Kathleen. And that sort of sums her up. She was unbelievable. What a wonderful woman. Then before my test, I took lessons with Fred Riley, who you were speaking to earlier on. P.S. Looking forward to heading to Lock Arrow later. See you soon, Kathleen. I promise. 
Thomas. See you soon. Thanks indeed for the lovely message to the show today. We're talking uh, the uh, driving test and lessons top of the show. Now, a real lesson was learned off the coast of Claharhead recently. And we're going to talk about it for the next while. Because this weekend, people are heading off out on the water, inland seas all over the place. And it really is the start of the summer and holiday season. But we need to be careful. Joining me to have a chat about water safety in general and a specific incident uh, that uh, there's a real lesson, as I said, to be learned from is Barry Sharkey from Clarehead or an LI. But first on the line is Andre Colobius. Hello, Andre. Hello. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Take us back to early March. You're a, an experienced kayaker. Tell us what happened on the day. Ah, this happens now. I just go with my to my routine, you know, because I'm kayaking about three years. Ah, just just lovely sunny day. I take my sea kayak and the cocker heads for the post earlier, you know. Uh, after ten o'clock in the morning, I just paddle along the coast. Uh, when I come back after two two and a half hours, waves change, you know. Uh, I'm capsized and fell over my kayak, you know. I stay back to kayak because. The waves is too strong, you know. <laughs> mm. So the day when you went out was pretty okay, and then the wind and yes. wave picked up. You fell out of the kayak and had to cling to it. Now you had your life vest on and all the gear you needed. Yes, you were well kitted out. Yes, 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 yes. I have all dry suit and under suit. Everything I have a helmet as well as everything when I need. Yes, and 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 you found it difficult to get. You couldn't get back into the kayak. No. No, 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 because waves come in very quick, you know. Water is too choppy, you know. I'm so tired too because I'm kayaking about two, three hours, you know. Yes, yes. Water is very cold in my hand as well, you know. And you obviously were struggling out there just to hold on. Did somebody spot you? Yes, I think so from the coast, somebody said yes, because I see his life. I see some fisher, fisher boat could try help me because it's too close to rocks, you know, it's too dangerous. Okay. So somebody, you were spotted in the water by uh, people out fishing and they raised the alarm. Yes, yes, correct, yes. Thank, Thank God you. they were there, Andre. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my, oh, my. And and, and for you, this you never had uh, an emergency like this. As I said, you are experienced. No, 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 never, never. I just said, uh, I was just kayaking about a couple of years, you know, I don't... Donegal and Dingle, Connemara, those never, never happened before. Mm. I never put idea in my head that something happened, you know, to me, you know. Did you worry for your... Were you fearful for your life at, at any stage? Uh, yes, oh yes. You were? Okay, so yeah. even with all your experience on the water and everything, that you had all the right gear and everything, you were really concerned. But the RNLI at Clotterhead, they were out very fast when the alarm was raised, weren't they? Oh yes, very very fast. I I in the water about I think so about twenty minutes. I don't know. Mm. Uh, those coast coast guard said me about six seven minutes. Just when somebody allowed me to lie, boat come to me very very fast. Mm. And were you okay when you were taken on board and taken in? Were you, were you suffering a cold or a shock or anything no, like that? No no no, not so. I'm okay because I have all equip, equipment. You know, I have yes. time. You know, for the waiting. You know, yeah. Because not that not dry so nothing but more more trouble. Mm. Anyway, um, all's well that ends well. And you were back recently to thank them. Yes. Yeah, I see that you were back and, and you were really grateful to them. Hold on there on the line a second because Barry Sharkey from the RNLI in Clotterhead is uh, with us as well. Hello, Barry. 
Hello, Jerry. Good afternoon. Uh, thanks for joining me on the show. It just shows you an experienced man, kayaker, all the gear. And, you know, people go out with less experience and maybe not as prepared, Barry. It's something to really take on board, a real lesson in this one. There is, yeah. It's, it's just the seas are unpredictable and y- you have to take very good care. You know, when you're doing these things, um, like Andre is an experienced kayaker, as he said. Um, he just kind of made a decision to, to go around the, to the harbour from the, from the beach. And when he got round, then the, the weather kind of, there was a northeast kind of a wind and a bit of a chop. And he got thrown out of the kayak and he wasn't able to get in, you know. So, as I said, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how, how experienced you are, or, or, you know, it's unpredictable. So, you have to be careful, you know. And the the lifeboat, you do a great job in this area and all over the country as well. Uh, 1,078 launches of lifeboat, lifeboat crews in Ireland last year, up 30% on, on the year before. Now, this weekend, as I said, is the start of sort of the holiday season here. What do you say to people going out on the sea and that? What's your, your main advice, Barry? Well, the main advice is obviously just to check the weather and the tides and, and don't take any chances of the sea. Um, Tell people, tell someone where you're going and what time you're, you're due back at. And if, if you are going out in kayaks or boats, there's safety in numbers in kayaks. Um, you know, if you're, if you're going out in the kayaks, if there was someone with you, it'd be more helpful, obviously, with Andrew, he was on his own and I was a member of the public who raised the alarm. Um, we got there as quick as we could. We there, I think we were there within two minutes or, or three minutes from, from, from launching. But um, it's just safety in numbers. And then again, with, with people, as you say, coming to the summer, they might have boats lying up in the in the shed or the garage all year, <clears throat> and then um, they might take them out and go to the beach or go to ahead and launch, just to make sure that she's seaworthy, the boat's seaworthy, and correct fuel and, and no, no dirty fuel, and have the correct PPE, and always carry a VHF radio and don't solely rely on a mobile phone. And as much much safety gear as you can have, you know PLBs or flares or stuff like that. And obviously, if if you think anything's going to happen, or just don't hesitate to contact the Coast Guard. You know. Yeah, and you guys are there and on call and, and the speed, and speed is of the essence and, and it came into play uh, that day, that fateful day back in early March. Um, of course, you don't run on snuff and the RNLI, including Clarehead, needs support. Tell me about the May Day Mile. Yeah, <clears throat> the May Day Mile challenges is, is starting on the 1st of May to the 31st. So it's basically just to fund to raise funds, vital funds for the RNLI, as you say, to to get our, our, our crew gear and our training and, and fuel for the boat, etc. So it's just basically people are for, to, to run or walk or be as creative as you, as you want to be. Like some people are running in welly boots or make up something to do for a mile or something and to raise funds. You get more information if you look up www.ornli.org and you get all the information you need there. But it is vital. Without the public's funds and, and donations, we can't do our job to help, to help the public, you know. Mm. Oh, you do a great job and as I said volunteers on call and ready to go at the drop of a hat Let me go back to Andre for a second Andre, have you been out on the water since the incident? Uh, I'm sorry? Have you been out? Have you been out in your kayak since? Yes So you've been out, it didn't deter you or leave you nervous in any way? No, 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 I not nervous nothing, no, 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 I keep you know, my pleasure, you know, no yeah, so you, the, those that's not good when you keep, you know, when, when you have stress, you know. For yes, it. of course, of course, and yeah, and the best thing is to get back out there again and get going yes, again, yes, and yes, exactly, yes. not not keep leave calm, it. Keep calm, you know. Keep you know. Yeah, are you going to do something for the May Day Mile for the RNLI, Andre? Oh yes, I do plan to do. <laughs> oh yes, I. <laughs> 
I just said, oh, yes. I'm sure. When I kayaking, when I never know, you know, what you yes. like, what you for the people. I just say in YouTube before, you know, me happened. And now I know what's story now. I just, please, people, they join to make their mind for help, you know, because it's more people, more help, you know. Yeah. A lot of people in the beach, you know, a lot of children, a lot of, you know, small kayakers, a lot of, you know. Mm. Oh, very important. It, it is, it is really, really important. Anyway, all's well that ends well. I'm glad uh, the rescue went so well and that you're back out in the water again, Andre. And to Barry Shark and all at RNLI and Clotterhead and right round the country, thank you for the wonderful service you provide. And if you can help them at all with the May Day Mile, please, please do. Thank you both for joining me. Safe watercraft. Thank you both. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. That's Barry Sharkey there from RNLI, Clower, and Andre Colibius, who was rescued from the sea and experienced kayaker. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. We're heading to another short break this Friday afternoon. And Luba Healy, originally from the Ukraine, is back with us and she's looking for a favour. We're going to hear all about it next. If you're a regular listener to Late Lunch, you will remember that I've spoken to Luba Healy from Trim on a number of occasions since the outbreak of war in the Ukraine. And she was telling me this, uh, the story of her granny, Galina, who's 98, and her mom, Nina, and uh, the danger they faced every single day. And, of course, when the sirens sound, uh, air raid sirens, uh, the granny, Galina, and Nina has to get her to a shelter and it's not easy getting her there and back. And they're still there in the town of Havron. And Luba is back with me on the line with a special request. Hello again, Luba. Yeah, hi, Jerry. Thank you again for helping not me Not at out. all, not at all. Anything we can do for you, we will, of course. Now, the story has moved on because after all this time, they're going to come to Ireland, your granny and your mum. Yeah, Jerry. To be honest, I want to concentrate on the positive. Uh, eventually, I got through my mom, and um, she was talking to Nana, so Nana Averus, um, and they agreed to come. Mm. So they packed up. They um, their luggage is ready. Uh, I have organized everything in in uh, Ukraine. Uh, they have van. Um, um, Nine people can can hold nine people, including driver. I also um, have um, neighbors and people who I know who dear to me to um, take the journey with my mom and my nana, and they're ready to come. Okay, so they're going to leave Havron and head for Poland, is it? Yes, yes, that's that's the that's the um, that's the plan. Okay, that's the plan. so. Poland- So what you're saying to me, they have the transport, they have people to help them to get to Poland, but the journey then from Poland to Ireland is why you're with me today. Yes. Um, My my husband and I, we we decided to uh, drive to to Poland to maybe even Lviv uh, to get them out there. I know Lviv has been under attack now for the last couple of days, Mm. but we just have to try to get them. Okay. Yeah, oh. on the other side, I I, um, I try to get the doctor to come with my nana, uh, who can give her maybe sedatives and and uh, put her on the trip, that she can make a trip. And nana agreed to come only if I bring her back. She said to me. Oh, yeah. 
So she's only coming temporarily and she definitely wants to return to her home, which, please God, uh, many, many thousands of Ukrainian people can sooner rather than later. But in the meantime, there's there's some other people coming with your your mother and Nan as well. How many in total are coming? Yes. So far, I have five people. Okay. uh, I don't want to uh, advertise, to be honest with you. Yes. I know if I mention to more, they will come and uh, so much I can do. So I try to get a small circle. And if I can help more people, I would uh, in a heartbeat. But at the moment, I just have to try my best to get um, this load first. Okay. Now, what's your issue? You need transport. Is this what you're looking for? Yeah, for the last uh, three days, uh, I was trying to, uh, we we were trying to look somebody who can... um, Maybe uh, give us a discount, even uh, rent. Is, uh, we can rent a, a bus, again, nine-seater as well. With um, We can uh, share the driving with my husband and um, we can go to the border. And okay. we don't want to go empty, to be honest with you. I already have a lot of people come in and donated a lot of stuff. So I, I'm not going empty. I'm, we, we bring in a lot of um, supplies. Um, I had a lot of phone calls since I talked to you last that um, people um, looking for clothes for older people because mm. um, older people and children kind of left behind. Uh, children has no parents left and older people who can't move. Like my nana is very, very um, lucky to have me and my mom to worry about her. If she was by herself, her days in, would be counted there. Yes. I understand. So you're bringing uh, you're bringing out relief with you in the vehicle that you intend travelling in. So you're looking for are you looking for a, a people carrier? Is that too small? Are you looking for a small mini bus or what? Yes, yeah, that 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 sort of thing we're looking for, and we we're ready to go. I would ready to go on Monday. the The driver from Ukraine, he's ready to go now. Okay, and we could go any time. Uh, as soon as I get the ticket on the boat um, to go and get them. Okay, so the appeal today is, is there anybody listening to us who has a vehicle that can take nine, ten people, roughly that size of vehicle, whatever it is, Lou Bahili is looking for assistance to go and take people back with her here to Ireland to safety. If they can help, what's the best way to contact you? Well, they can, uh, you probably know now in this stage, I work in... Um, Envelope factory in Trim County Meat. Trimfold? Uh, Trimfold, yes. You can contact Trimfold. And my husband runs the company. Eugene Healy is his name. And um, you can ask for him and he can get me. We work together basically. So Great. So Trimfold in County Mead, 046. Yes. What's the main number there, please? 046 Okay, we have the numbers here off the main LMFM numbers as well if you want to get in touch. Wish you well and we'll be talking again, I'm sure, soon, Lou, but thank you for joining me. Jerry, thank you so much for having me. I thank you so much to everyone who who contacted me, who uh, gave me rooms uh, for people who is arriving because uh, I can't I yes. can't thank you for everyone who who doing um, so much. Ah, yes, so, yes. And for 
a lot of people praying for. They are indeed. They are indeed, Luba. Thank you for joining me again. Wish you well. Take care, Luba. Bye-bye. Matthew Wilder taking us to news, weather and sport at three and sport and the bodyguard coming up afterwards. That's not- TV theme, Louise. Let's have another wee listen, please. not last of the summer wine unfortunately it's not Downton Abbey either or the darling buds of May but it is Faulty Towers yes the wonderful Faulty Towers well done to everybody who picked the right name Bernie White from Dundalk you're a winner today well done to you we'll be in touch to make the arrangements and we'll bring you another TV theme next Friday on the show now it's time for my soundtrack this week and the movie I've selected is The Bodyguard and yes all week I've been saying it's for the music Bodyguard is best known and today I'm signing off with the song that tops the rest and that's no mean feat given how good the rest actually are originally written and recorded by Dolly Parton back in 1973 as a farewell to her mentor and business partner Porter Wagner I Will Always Love You made it to number one for Dolly, not once but twice. First on its release in the 70s, and then again in 1982, when it was featured on the soundtrack from the movie The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. It got a second uh, wind, you could call it, or breath, or life, or whatever. But twice it hit number one for Dolly. However, and there's a little proviso here, Dolly's number ones, they were huge, but they were on the US country charts. However, when Whitney Houston covered it for The Bodyguard in 1992, the song then spent, listen to this, 14 weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 main singles chart in the USA. Incredible. And indeed, it reached number one in the UK, Ireland. And I was just looking today, in every other singles chart in the world, it was number one for weeks on end in many of the places too. One of the best-selling singles of all time, and no wonder, because it's simply outstanding. Oh, 
that is all I'm taking with me So goodbye Please don't cry We both know I'm not what you You need And I Will always Love you I Will always Love you Oh you just have to let it drift out Don't you What a wonderful Wonderful song What a voice the definitive version no no offence Dolly uh, Whitney Houston there with I Will Always Love You from my soundtrack this week The Bodyguard Late Lunch LMFM Radio it's a huge weekend in sport and our presenter of Sunday Sport David Sheehan joins me next to look ahead our presenter of Sunday Sport David Sheehan joins me again afternoon David how are you, Jerry? We begin with soccer tonight, uh, the second league loud derby of the year in Oriel Park, Dundalk against Drogheda. Dundalk with the, uh, looking to get the bragging rights back after Drogheda won the first derby narrowly but deservedly a few weeks back in Drogheda. Uh, Dundalk a late winner last week against Shelburne. Drogheda hearts broken. You were there in Sligo with a last kick of the ball defeat to Sligo. How do you see this going? Yeah, Jerry, as you said, different results last weekend. Uh, Jahada, it was such a... I, I can't remember being at a more dramatic game than that game last week at the showgrounds. But um, ultimately, as you said there, just got beaten, uh, pipped at the post by Sligo. Again, you know, a typical derby to throw out the cliche. I can't see there being much between them. Interesting to note, though, that, that Jahada have won on their last two visits to Oriel Park. Pre-season game, the Malone Cup, and then towards the end of last season. Really important win in at Oriel Park last year to kind of stave off the threat of relegation. So... Drogheda won't have any kind of fears about going to, to, to Dundalk. The only problem Drogheda have, and Kevin already alluded to it last week, they may have one of Dean Williams or Adam Foley back for tonight, but they really need another attacking option. Chris Lyons is there, but they had to take him off last week. And Luke Heaney came on and tried to play through the middle. And, you know, he's not a striker, so they, they really suffered there. So it'll be interesting to see if they've got any further attacking options available, available to them tonight on the bench, Drogheda. So, Doc, as you said, Stephen uh, O'Donnell was in great form after that win last week over Shelburne. Um, fifth in the table at the moment. Uh, what are they, five points ahead of Drogheda? So, uh, it's going to be really close. I, I'm just going to give a, a nod to Dundalk here. I think they'll get it done maybe 2-1, but it should be a cracking occasion and I'm really looking forward to it. I won't be there myself, but uh, I'll be keeping an eye on, a- on Adrian's uh, commentary and listening in. It should be a cracking occasion. I think Dundalk might just nick this one, though. And if you're not going along, it's here on LMFM, lmfm.ie and on the LMFM app from 7.45 this evening. Now, let's have a quick look at the Premier League. Two-horse race for the title. City, a point ahead of Liverpool. They both have five games left each. Uh, This weekend, Manchester City are away to Leeds, who are, uh, you know, not out of the woods by any means as regards relegation. And Liverpool uh, away to Newcastle, who are flying at this stage. Yeah, and probably potentially two of the most interesting uh, fixtures that these two will face between them and the end of the season on the same day. Uh, insofar as Liverpool are kicking off at half past twelve, away to Newcastle, who, as you said, absolutely flying at the moment. I mean, Newcastle are, are you know were staying staring relegation in the face for a large part of the season since Eddie Howe's come in, and obviously they spent heavily in January, as we we touched on before Christmas. They've won four of the last five. They're you know pushing for a European place at this point. I uh, don't think they'll quite do that, but relegation fears long since forgotten so going to be a really tricky one for Liverpool Newcastle will be all out to prove that they're uh, coming forth in this one um, I don't know Jerry. I have a feeling Liverpool might just 
might just get caught in that one and might drop a couple of points. It's going to be a really hard one to call, but certainly that and the Leeds, the Leeds City game, as you said, Leeds not out of the woods yet. They could still do it a couple of more points uh, to get themselves out of the relegation mire. I think City will probably just about do enough there, but yeah, it's going to be, they're going to be really two really fascinating fixtures tomorrow and don't be surprised if, if one or both of them drop points in the, in the race for the title. If Liverpool win, of course, they'll go into the lead with, with City having a game at hand, so they'll put a bit of pressure on, but two fascinating games in prospect I wouldn't like to call them either way <laughs> well it could be a defining Saturday in the season as David says now quickly to GAA and both North East Counties in action this weekend on your show Sunday Sport it all begins in Park Dalton when Mead take on Wicklow a Mead win you can't see anything else David yeah, Jerry. first of all, I'd just like to thank, thank the Leinster Council for not fixing these games for the same time because, as you know, to your cost over yes. the years, it's a, it's a bit of a nightmare from our point of view. So 2 yeah. o'clock for Mead and Navin and 4 o'clock for, for Loud and Tullamore. Yeah, you'd have to look. Mead hadn't, didn't have a great league, but Wicklow were relegated from Division 3. Had a really big win and a really surprising win in many ways against Leash last weekend. But, you know, even Mead, not at their best, they should have enough for Wicklow. You never know, Jerry. You never know, but you'd have to say Mead should get the win in that one. And, um, you know, Andy McIntyre, under a little bit of pressure this season, the league didn't go to plan. So it'd be a disaster for him if Mead didn't come through this first one. And they'd probably want to come through it uh, showing a bit of form and a, a little bit of impressiveness. But they should get it done, definitely. It'd be a major shock, I have to say. If Wicklow were to beat Mead and Navin, by God, it'd be the shock of the, uh, of the mm. championship so far. And what about the other game, the later game, 4 o'clock, Tullamore, as you said, Louth against Kildare. Now, this is, in my book, the first real test for the Mickey Hart era coming up against this Kildare side. What are your feelings? Well, yeah, and, and both sides will meet each other next year in Division 2. Kildare relegated from Division 1 this year and Laird obviously promoted from Division 3. This could be the shock of the weekend, Jerry. I don't know. I just have a feeling. Um, I was chatting to a friend of mine who was at the game against Carlo last week. They made short work of Carlo. I was chatting to Decky Byrne afterwards. He said, you know, Laird weren't at their best by any means, but to win by 15 points and not be at your best, it's always a good day. Um, I think, you know, again, a friend of mine was saying he was at the game and they were so well-conditioned, Laird. He says he's never seen a Laird team as fit. Kildare obviously have been operating in Division 1 this season. They came down, as I mentioned, they beat Dublin and Newbridge. So they have a bit of form and they, they'll certainly be favourites. But um, can I see Lau getting this one done? I think they might just come up a bit short. I think it'll be a really brave and, and, and strong performance from them. I don't know if they'll just quite have enough. Um, but I wouldn't bet against them at all, Jerry. They're absolutely flying at the moment. They have the county behind them. You know, Mickey Hart's worked wonders there. They're they're just firing on all cylinders. Samuel Roy, one of the best forwards in the country. What, what county wouldn't want to have him? But a good supporting cast as well. It's not just him by any means. So I wouldn't rule out a loud win. I, if I had to put my neck in the block, I'd say Kildare maybe by a couple of points. But do not be one bit surprised if Loud turned the tables on the Lily Whites on Sunday. And you know, over the years, David, I, I've followed Loud football as well and covered them for quite a period of time. I will say this to you. Uh, Kildare as you mentioned you know uh, earlier with Drogheda going to Dundalk now in the soccer Kildare and Loud Loud will not fear Kildare they've had good results against them in the past they're not at Dublin if you know what I mean yeah exactly and I mean the most I can remember it well the famous victory Loud had over Kildare in that ill-fated 2010 Leinster Championship mm. campaign when they beat them 122 to 116 in Navin and that was an absolutely phenomenal performance so Loud like on any given day, at the best of times over the years, Loud were capable of producing really good performance. They were produ- capable of producing really bad ones as well, as we've seen. But I think there is definitely something different in this Loud team's DNA. 
whether it's the Mickey Hart factor, whatever you want to say, but there's definitely a huge confidence there and they will absolutely, I'd be amazed if they don't tear into Kildare on Sunday. I'm actually getting excited. Even this is me, Jerry, he's a mead man, <laughs> getting excited thinking about this. I, I think I think Loud could really, really put it up to Kildare. As I said, I, I think they might just come up a little bit short, but I wouldn't be one bit surprised if they if they got the win and Colin Corrigan's heart will be put to the test on Sunday. That's oh, sure. for sure. Anyway, it's going to be a great doubleheader Sunday on Sunday Sport with David Chee and don't miss it this Sunday afternoon starting at 2, uh, the first game at 2, should I say, Meath against Wicklow in uh, Park Talton in Navin and then Tullamore the venue for Louth against Kildare at 4 o'clock and the big weekend begins this evening with the Loud Derby League of Ireland Dundalk Drogheda from Oriel Park 7.45 also available here on LMFM Radio on the app and online at lmfm.ie David until next Friday thank you so much Thanks, Jerry. Take care. David Sheehan there, presenter of Sunday Sport on LMFM Radio, bringing down the curtain on a week of late lunch. I want to say my thank yous, as usual, to all our guests who joined us through the week, to your listeners who are with us every day. Thanks so much for your company. To my producer, Louise Walsh. Couldn't do this without her. Thanks a million, Louise. Have a good bank holiday weekend. And everybody, have a nice and safe weekend this first big holiday of the summer season, May time. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us. Great music and more besides and we'll be back please God with a brand new week of late lunch from Tuesday next at half past one take care of yourselves and we'll see you then The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid guaranteed delivery low AP or finance and 48 hour test drive visit blackstonemotors.ie Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.